The truth is the grace message is difficult because it's actually not just a one and done. It's a daily laying down of what comes naturally, which is I control, I'm the hero, I'm self-sufficient, I got to fix everything to remembering, oh, Jesus is king and I need him more than I need to be the savior of my own life. That's a daily process. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is my friend Ruth Cho Simons. And I first met her a couple of years ago when we were both in Nashville to do a songwriting camp. Songwriters and authors got together over two days and wrote songs, which they then performed at the end of the time. Now, of course, clearly I didn't perform. You'll be very relieved to hear. But Ruth, during the performance, was very brave because she painted an entire landscape painting while the songs were being performed. Wonderful. It was wonderful. Ruth grew up in a family where achievement was highly prized. Like many of us, she struggled with comparing herself with others and wondering if she measured up, if she was good enough. And it reminds me of something I heard once about heralds in the Middle Ages. Stick with me. Back in the olden days, how did you get your good news? Not in newspapers or on your phone, obviously. The only way you got your news was if a herald galloped into town and announced it to you. The battle is won. The war is over. Now, I think most of us think the Bible is basically kind of good advice. It's like a book of rules telling us what we need to do to get God to be pleased with us and love us. But the Bible actually isn't a book of rules. It isn't good advice. It's good news good news about something that's already happened. Good news like a herald would bring. Good news because it's not about what we have to do. It's about what God has already done. I hope this episode encourages you as much as it's encouraged me. And if you're tempted to think you're not doing enough, or you aren't enough, this episode is for you. It's certainly for me. Ruth encourages us today to stop with all our striving and self-improvement stress and find rest. Because it's not about performance. It's about relationship. A relationship with the God who moved heaven and earth to be near us, no matter what, whatever it cost him, because he just can't stop loving you. So, without further ado, Please welcome my friend, and now yours, Ruth Cho Simons. I'm Ruth Cho Simons. I am the founder of gracelaced.com, but more importantly, I am the mama to six boys. My oldest is 19 and my youngest is eight. My husband, Troy, and I have been married 23 years, and so I'm grateful to be here and to share a little bit more today. Asian culture that I grew up in 
whether it was in my home or just in my community at large, there was a sense of, you know, honor and excellence and achievement as being really, really high priorities in that cultural tone, in the messaging. So much of it was being the best daughter, really earning the grades, not letting anyone down, making sure that you did your family proud. But then as an immigrant growing up in the United States, even if I wasn't surrounded by primarily Asian Americans, Western culture has its own version, right? I mean, there's an acceptance and a belonging when you bring the right kind of lunch to school, when you wear the right kind of clothes. And then even as adults now, we can hop onto social media and immediately feel that question of, am I enough? Do I measure up? How do I compare? How does my life achievements even compare on this whole world of overachievers, right? And so being raised in, you know, finding my place between both these cultures really pointed and showed me that I truly was inundated with the messaging that if I did not achieve enough, prove myself enough, or if I wasn't the best at everything, that I may miss out on love and worth and belonging. And I don't think that we walk around saying those things out loud, but I think we act that way sometimes when we when we choose not to rest, when we hustle as hard as we do, when we strive and constantly work at ways to manipulate and control our circumstances so that others might like us, so that we might find favor with others. And I think that is where I started realizing that when I heard the gospel, when I heard the message of Christ, it sounded so like just impossible. The message of Jesus is that he's not looking at me being amazing. He's looking at me being surrendered. And that was something I just didn't grow up understanding. I grew up thinking I was the accumulation of everything that I could accomplish. And in Christ, our worth is the accumulation of everything that Jesus accomplished on our behalf. And he only asks us to surrender to that provision. My new book is called When Striving Cease, Replacing the Gospel of Self-Improvement with the Gospel of Life-Transforming Grace. I say the gospel of self-improvement because our current culture and really all of human nature is really propelled by the sense of, you know, the good news being that we can somehow fix ourselves, that we can improve enough and do good enough. And even in the church, sometimes we act as if we can be a good enough Christian that God will welcome us, will love us, will never leave us. But that's not actually the gospel. That's not the real truth of the real good news of the Bible. We are all looking for belonging and acceptance and worth and value. We all want love and safety and assurance. And if that's really what we're looking for, all our hustle and striving and trying to perfect ourselves and all our working hard to do a whole bunch of really good things with our lives, so often that anxiety in trying to do those things is wrapped up in our ideas that if we do that, we will achieve the worth and the love and the welcome that we long for. If you are the hero of your own life, 
if you are the savior and the rescuer of all your circumstances, and if you alone are responsible to craft the most amazing version of yourself, then the only result, the only place you can go, if that is your true paradigm in your worldview, is that the only way you can go is you can either constantly try harder and like never cease striving, or you can give up altogether and just say, I'm done. I don't even want to try. So one is utter exhaustion or one is utter complacency and just not finding any fulfillment and even knowing how to accomplish those things. And if we look at how Jesus actually spoke to the Pharisees and the religious folks, that it really was never about them keeping the rules and doing all the right things. That when we come to that and we realize that grace was the only way in which we would ever experience the full welcome and the full love of God, there's freedom in that. But instead, when we look to grace and what God offers us through Christ, If we define grace, and the the definition for grace is really a gift, unmerited favor from God, that's biblically speaking, that is God's gift to us in spite of what we deserve. If grace is unmerited favor, meaning unmerited welcome and love and acceptance and belonging, if that is what God gives us, then really when we look at it biblically, then we no longer have to constantly strive to perpetuate that welcome because it had nothing to do with us being amazing in the first place. And it also compels us to not give up because his welcome is so genuine, so real that he truly says, I will sustain you for what I've called you to. And if your place is with him, then you don't need to give up because he sustains the very place in which you have welcome. And so I I look at the fact that we have a choice here. We can either keep on spiraling out of control, trying to control our own lives and prove ourselves, or we can take God at his word. And maybe part of it is that we're not looking to his word to understand what he's actually offering. We're maybe saying, oh yeah, like uh, receiving Jesus is about having a ticket to heaven. Well, it's really not just that. It's not simply you know, the Sunday school, you know, being saved from destruction and into eternal life. It is that, but it's really the life raft that takes us to life abundance right now. Maybe we're so exhausted because we're not going to the source for which we're supposed to ultimately discover freedom and rest. And we keep thinking that we still have to hustle for God's favor when that was truly a gift from God in the first place. What I hear affirmed over and over again is that we need to encourage one another in these things so that we don't grow weary in believing and trusting in the message of grace. I'm going to read a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible. This is so good. Saul was on his way to Damascus when suddenly a dazzling light flashed like lightning. It was brighter than the sun. It was too bright. Saul shielded his eyes and fell to the ground. He heard a loud voice. It was too loud. It gave Saul a headache. Saul, Saul, said the loud voice. Why are you fighting me? Lord, Saul answered. Who are you? I am Jesus, said the voice. 
when you hurt my friends, you are hurting me too. Saul's whole body trembled. Go to the city, Jesus said. I'll tell you what to do. When Saul opened his eyes, he couldn't see. His helpers had to hold his hand and lead him like a little child. Saul was blind for three whole days, and yet it was as if he was seeing for the very first time. Meanwhile, there was a man called Ananias who loved Jesus. Jesus came to him in a dream, said, Go to Saul and pray for him, and I will make him see again. Ananias knew all about Saul and how he hated Jesus' followers. Lord, he has come to hurt us. But Jesus told Ananias, Saul is the one I've chosen to tell the whole world who I am. So Ananias went to Saul. Brother Saul, Ananias said, it was Jesus you met on the road. And Ananias prayed for Saul. Suddenly, Saul could see again, but he saw everything differently. He wasn't mean anymore. He even changed his name from Saul to Paul, which means small and humble, the very opposite of proud. And do you know what Ananias' name means? The Lord is full of grace. Grace is just another word for gift, which is funny because that's just what Paul's message was all about from then on. It's not about keeping rules, Paul told people. You don't have to be good at being good for God to love you. You just have to believe what Jesus has done and follow him. Because it's not about trying, it's about trusting. It's not about rules, it's about grace. God's free gift that cost him everything. This really is the picture of grace that God would take the most unworthy person, the person who actually even persecuted his people and like hated Jesus followers, that God would say, you know what? I'm going to transform your life. You are unworthy, but I'm going to bestow this gift upon you that would cause your entire life to change. All you have to do is surrender. And when Saul surrendered, his whole life changed and he became someone that he couldn't be on his own. And I love how the story is told because it's true that it's not following the rules. It's not keeping religious laws that ultimately Jesus came to say it's about relationship. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love.